Welcome to your Wednesday edition of Transformation Radio. Life gets tough And times get hard And it's hard to find the truth In all the lies time for our reading here in the New Testament. Our scripture comes from the book of Mark, chapter 7, verse 24, through chapter 8, verse 10. Well, Jesus traveled about 30 miles to Tyre. The cities of Tyre and Sidon were port cities on the Mediterranean Sea north of Israel. Both had flourishing trade and were very wealthy cities. They were proud, historic Canaanite cities. Now, in David's day, Tyre was on friendly terms with Israel, but soon afterward the city became known for its wickedness. Its king even claimed to be God. Tyre rejoiced when Jerusalem was destroyed way back in 586 B.C. because without Israel's competition, Tyre's trade and profits would increase. It was into this evil and materialistic culture that Jesus brought his message. We'll read about a woman, this Gentile here in Scripture, born in Syrian Phoenicia. Mark's designation refers to her political background. His Roman audience would easily identify her by the part of the empire that was her home. 
Now, on the surface, Jesus' words may seem harsh and unsympathetic when this woman asks for help, but the woman recognized them as a wide-open door to God's throne. Well, we'll read about a miracle here today, too. This miracle shows that Jesus' power over demons is so great that he doesn't need to be present physically in order to free someone. His power transcends any distance. He's God in person. Now, when Jesus said, be opened to this man's ears, he used language that uh, this deaf man would understand. The healing message was personal and unique. Whoever thought spittle might be the conduit of a miracle. If there's only one means of witness in your church, sermons, for instance, many people likely will not hear. Churches need lots of different methods to meet diverse needs. Let musicians play, singers sing, actors act, and writers write. Let each creative Christian tell the story. Jesus used spit and mud. Surely we can find windows to the minds and hearts of people as well. All right, enough commentary for now. Let's begin our reading here today in the New Testament. February 25th, the New Testament. Mark chapter 7, verse 24 through chapter 8, verse 10. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit, and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile born in Syrian Phoenicia, Jesus told her, First I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, That's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Good answer, he said. Now go home, for the demon has left your daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed, and the demon was gone. Jesus left Tyre and went up to Sidon before going back to the Sea of Galilee and the region of the Ten Towns. A deaf man with a speech impediment was brought to him, and the people begged Jesus to lay his hands on the man to heal him. Jesus led him away from the crowd so they could be alone. He put his fingers into the man's ears. Then, spitting on his own fingers, he touched the man's tongue. Looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, Ephatha, which means, be opened. Instantly the man could hear perfectly, and his tongue was freed so he could speak plainly. Jesus told the crowd not to tell anyone, but the more he told them not to, the more they spread the news. They were completely amazed and said again and again, Everything he does is wonderful. He even makes the deaf to hear and gives speech to those who cannot speak. About this time, another large crowd had gathered, and the people ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days, and they have nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they'll faint along the way, for some of them have come a long distance. His disciples replied, How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? Jesus asked, How much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. So Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. He gave them to his disciples, who distributed the bread to the crowd. 
a few small fish were found too. So Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. They ate as much as they wanted. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were about four thousand people in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. Immediately after this, he got into a boat with his disciples and crossed over to the region of Dalmanutha. Psalm 41, verses 1 through 13. The Bible often speaks of God's care for the weak, poor, and needy, and of His blessing those who share this concern. God wants our generosity to reflect His own free giving. As He has blessed us, we should bless others. We freely receive from God, so let's freely give. Well, this verse, verse 9 of chapter 41 here is all, a prophecy of Christ's betrayal is referred to in John chapter 13, verse 18. Judas, one of Jesus' twelve disciples, had spent three years learning from Jesus, traveling with Jesus and eating with Him and all the other disciples. And he was even handling the finances for the entire group. Eventually, this so-called best friend, of course, betrayed Jesus. It's amazing how one can hang out close to God and not see or be affected by God's heart, not be transformed. Psalm 41, verses 1 through 13. For the choir director, a Psalm of David. Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. He gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from their enemies. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. O Lord, I prayed, have mercy on me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. But my enemies say nothing but evil about me. How soon will he die and be forgotten, they ask. They visit me as if they were my friends. But all the while they gather gossip, and when they leave they spread it everywhere. All who hate me whisper about me, imagining the worst. He has some fatal disease, they say. He will never get out of that bed. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. Lord, have mercy on me. Make me well again so I can pay them back. I know you are pleased with me, for you have not let my enemies triumph over me. You have preserved my life because I am innocent. You have brought me into your presence forever. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Proverbs chapter 10 Verses 15 and 16. The wealth of the rich is their fortress. The poverty of the poor is their destruction. The earnings of the godly enhance their lives. But evil people squander their money on sin.
Devotion. Today's scripture reading begins in verse 13 of James chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. 
Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Referring to a believer, Scripture says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Effective, that's exactly what we want our prayers to be, especially in a crisis. When we meet God's requirements, we can be confident that He'll not only hear our concerns, but will also act on them in accordance with His purposes. Requirement number one, fervent prayer. Motivated by a deeply burdened heart, Fervent prayers are filled with passion and a strong sense of personal helplessness. They also have a narrow focus on some specific difficulty about which we care deeply. Scripture calls this type of prayer laboring earnestly. Requirement number two, righteousness. As soon as we place our trust in the Savior, we become rightly related to God as His children. At that moment, we're permanently sealed with the Holy Spirit and are declared righteous forever because of our position in Jesus Christ. While salvation is by faith rather than by deeds, genuine faith will result in an obedient lifestyle and good works. If we willingly and knowingly engage in sin, then we're not living like the righteous people we are. When the Lord hears the impassioned prayer of a righteous person, a surrendered Christian, Scripture promises that the Holy Spirit will accomplish His divine work. God responds with great power to the prayers of even one righteous person. That person can be you.
Today's word is inspire. It was sent in by Sue Ann Murray from Sharpsburg, Georgia. She's a lifestyle coach. Yes, this is today's Friday challenge word. Inspire. Okay. I know you're watching me with Minute with Maxwell, but if you'd like to be inspired, raise your hand. Come on. For some of you, you really need inspiration. You ought to have both those hands in the air. You ought to maybe, like me, try to get a foot in the air, too. We all want to be inspired. We love to have somebody walk into our life, say something inspirational, do something inspirational, to participate in something that lifts our soul, lifts our spirit. We all want to be inspired. And the reason I'm talking about this word today is because I want to flip it now. If you like to be inspired, wouldn't you like to inspire somebody? Who is it in your life? that just could need a lift. Who do you need to make that quick phone call to? Who do you need to write that note to? I this morning got up early and I wrote 19 personal notes to people that I just wanted to encourage them and inspire them. It doesn't take long to be an inspiration. If you like to be inspired, why not commit yourself to inspire someone? That's something we can do. Take action. Who's the person today that you're going to inspire? broken sky, traced out by the city lights, my world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight, touch down in the cold black top, hold on for the sudden stop, breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos, all those people going somewhere, why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second 
Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Step out on a busy street See a girl in our eyes meet Does her best to smile at me To hide what's underneath There's a man just to right Black suit and a bright red tie Too ashamed to tell his wife He's out of work, he's buying time All those people going somewhere Why have I never Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah Yeah Yeah
live not for myself, but yet forgot somebody said. Do you know what you are getting yourself into? When I finally ironed out all of my priorities and asked God to remove the doubt that makes me so unsure of these things, I ask myself. I ask myself, do you know what you are getting yourself into? I'm getting into you because you got to me in a way words can't describe. I'm getting into you because I've got to be. You're essential to survive. I'm gonna love you with my life. When he looked at me and said, I kind of view you as a son. And for one second, our eyes met. And I met that with a question.
fumbling through this And that does it for today's podcast. Tune in tomorrow for another edition of Transformation Radio.